0: There will be a lot of scripture. It will be a traditional Bible study in that manner. So I'm going to let the word speak speak for itself tonight. Amen. But if we would look at Romans 5, verses 19 through 21, that is where I want to start at tonight. Romans 5, 19 through 21. And 19 says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but when sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Amen. Hallelujah. In verse 21, that as sin hath reigneth unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness until eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If we can pray just for a second. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for your presence tonight. Lord, we just pray that you're with us. Let your word come forth, Lord. I pray that that you speak through this vessel, Lord God. Let your word resonate on our hearts, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. Help us to take it out into our lives, Lord Jesus. We praise you. We thank you already for your presence, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Um, I do want to title this tonight, Uh, Prospering the Church, and there would be a subtitle to that with obedience and unity. And I spoke, it's been several months ago now, on that, Prospering the Church. It's probably been back in the summer, maybe um, a couple times ago, actually. And I spoke about Prospering the Church at that time, but I talked about sin and and how we need to abstain from sin and how we can't misunderstand grace and, and, and abuse grace and let live under this thing of grace and say, well, it's okay to sin because I've got this grace. But the understanding of exactly what grace is and how that needs to be cherished and not abused. So tonight, I I felt like that night that God still wanted to say something about that, but that was kind of what I had for that night. But tonight and yesterday and last night, he spoke to me more about this, obedience and unity. And again, the church prospering. So I do want to say, first of all, it is God's desire for us to prosper. Amen? It is God's desire for us to prosper, and this is not going to be a Joel Osteen type of a service by any means. And I don't know that it would quite be a Joel Osteen service either, but God does want to say something. But it is God's desire for us to prosper, and I don't know what that may look like to each of us. It doesn't necessarily mean a million-dollar home and five cars— Three being Mercedes and the rest being or whatever the case may be. His desire is for us to prosper. And I've got some scripture that I'm going to back that up with. But why I want to say that is, is because it's the, his desire for the church to prosper. That is definite. It is not only his desire, but it's his commandment for the, for the church to prosper. And we can look back at that going back to, to the beginning of the church. We can look back to the Old Testament and, and we can see that. And yes, I do have some scripture that we'll get into, like I said, quite a bit tonight. But when we see the, the children of Israel, for instance, they prospered. God prospered them. And it was up to Moses to lead them into the prosperity. But the children of Israel, that church that we know, Jerusalem, that church, that church prospered. And obedience was a part of that prospering. The children of Israel certainly didn't weren't obedient all that much. But God still prospered that church. And it's his desire for his church to prosper today. So if we are in that church, If we are living in that church, if we are abiding in that church, in the body of Christ, and we have to understand what the church is, right? We know that FAC is what we call church, our church here, and I'm thankful for it. We have a wonderful church, wonderful pastor, and wonderful people. But we got to know what the church actually is. It's not just FAC. It's not just the UPC. It's the body of Christ. So it's his church worldwide, and that is his church, and that is going to prosper, as we saw With the children of Israel and all through the New Testament. But the church is at odds with the world. The world and the church are both rapidly moving. In the same direction in some cases. But they're rapidly moving. The world and the church are definitely at odds with one another. The world is definitely moving rapidly towards destruction. While the church, we are rapidly moving towards the rapture and our kingdom forever. Eternal kingdom with God in heaven. That's where the church is going. But we are constantly at odds with this world. So what am I going to be tied to? Do I want to be tied with the church or with this world? Because the world is heading for destruction. It is destruction now and forevermore until it is gone, until it becomes the vapor that that Jesus tells us that's going to happen. So I can live for the world or I can live in the church. And if I'm in the church, I know in that case I'm going to prosper. And like I said, I don't know what that's going to look like. That could be financially. God bless. If it is, I'm going to give more to the church. Uh, and it may be uh, physical prospering. It may be healthy prospering in the mind where I can help people and I can help counsel people and encourage people and, and help them through times of trouble. And again, it could be health where I may be prospering in health. You may see, I see a lot of times people that may be struggling in some areas of life, maybe it's finances, but they're prospering health wise. So, you know, God does bring us thorns in our side and and, and whatever that may be, but he's going to, if we're in the church, he is going to allow us to prosper with that church. He says he wants to expand us to our territory, and I know the song says, expand my territory or increase my territory. I, I, I agree with that, but at the same time, expand his territory. And Lord, I'll just be a part of it in any way that you want me to be. However you want me to be a part of that expanding of your territory, I'll be. If it is giving financially, I'll give financially. If it's giving of my time, I'll give of my time. Whatever that may be. But I want to be a part of that territory expanding. And we're seeing that with the church today. Now we're seeing a lot of churches that are crumbling. They are dropping down. We just bought two churches That had gone to 20 to 30 members. So a lot of people would look at that and say, well, the church isn't prospering in America. But I see an apostolic church that teaches the truth that just bought both of those churches because it is growing. So I see that it truly is growing. A lot of people may look at that and say, the church is dead. I I talked about that some time ago uh, about the lighthouse still shines and how somebody had wrote a story and and said that they were at downtown somewhere in New York, I believe it was, and their son was there eating an ice cream, standing in front of this old, beautiful church. He didn't even pay attention to what it was, and the son said, Daddy, what is that place? It's beautiful. What is it? And he had to turn around and look. It looked like it had been kind of boarded up, and he said, oh, that's a church, and he was like, well, what is that? And he said, it's just a place where people used to go that believed in, in this false God and, and these false teachings, and They're they're not really around anymore, as you can see with this. So that's so discouraging. But at the same time, we look at what God is doing with his truth and with his people and how the Holy Ghost is still moving. And we may see it dying somewhat in the United States, but it's growing throughout this world. It's growing throughout this world. Great revival has happened. And it's going to happen in this country, too, the more we keep prospering with the church the more we keep saying, I'm going to grow with this church, Lord. And I may not know what, again, that is going to look like. I may not, it may not be what I want it to be. I may look at my neighbor and say, why don't I have this and why don't I have that? And why am I not making as much money as them? But that's okay. If you're in the church and you're giving yourself to the church, you are going to prosper. It is absolutely the truth because the church is going to prosper. The Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. It's going to happen so we can look back and the enemy wants to get in our minds and tell us that, no, the church isn't going to prosper. Well, it is going to prosper because God said it is. But if he can slow us down and get in our minds and say, I'm going to slow you down, we may see us slow down and our part in the church slow down. And we may not see the growth that we would normally see if we were all Completely free from that distraction of the enemy not listening to those lies listening to the word of God and saying I know where I'm going I know where I'm, where I'm going in this word and in this church and not get distracted and think well, woe is me and I'll just go to church and I'll sit here and, and I'll go through the motions and I'll go home and I'm not going to witness anybody I'm not going to talk about it I'm just going to do my part and pay my tithes and that's it But if we are bought into this and we understand where we're going and where God is taking this, we'll be right there with it. And he will provide for us and he will give us that provision. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. But we are at odds with this world. So when we see it and we get distracted and we think, woe is me, we should not be downtrodden. Because God is taking us someplace. And we know the prize at the end of this. We know who the victor is. We know where we are going to end up. The world is not. The world is at odds with everything that we're doing. Telling us what we should be doing. And disagreeing with everything that we're doing. I saw recently a news show or something it was. They had their cast, their panel of people. And just to show how we can get so discouraged and caught up and bogged down end this world and what they're saying. And, and, and the lady said, she was, I guess, in fear of, of Roe v. Wade being overturned or something like that. And she said, everybody go out and get your abortions now while you can. I, I mean, that hit me like a brick. I thought this person is without hesitation, without blame, without, without thinking at all, go out and get your abortions while you still can. And everybody kind of just agreed with her and didn't say anything. And I thought, Lord, Jesus, that is what could discourage me. I could see that as we see so much in our lives, at our workplaces, at the schools, the universities, our, our kids in school right now, whatever it may be. Everything is teaching and speaking against us. Everything that we see in this world as it is dying is speaking against us. But we are seeing the church prosper. So, I mean, we've seen it all, all my life, abortion, abortion. Uh, uh, or prayer taken out of the schools. I remember being able to pray in the schools. I don't know about all of you. There might be some that are are too young to remember that, but we could pray in our schools, the Ten Commandments and and the, the government buildings. So we see this declining. We see this constant deterioration, and it can discourage us. It can get us down to where we think, yes, the church is not going anywhere But yet, we have to stand on that. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church and know that the church is going to prosper in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. So, I want to start looking at some scripture. Like I said, we've got quite a bit tonight. I want it to be, I want the word to just speak for itself so it can encourage us and and help us to understand. So, to see that the church is prospering, Psalms uh, 122, 6 and 7. And I'll probably read off the screen because I still refuse to, to uh, go and get glasses. But Psalms one twenty two and six says, "Pray for the peace of Jerusalem; they shall prosper that love Thee." And seven, peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. So that's telling me that if that's what if I'm praying for Jerusalem, if I'm praying for the church, if I'm praying for Jerusalem, if you could put that back up, I'm going to prosper. I'm a part of that. It says, peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. Our palaces, that's us. That's our homes. That's, that's our homes that we live in right now. So if we're pay- praying for Jerusalem, if we're praying for the church to prosper, there's going to be peace within our walls prosperity be within our palaces. That's what the word is saying. So that's what I'm going to stand on. I'm not going to listen to what the world's telling me and what the world is saying that you aren't going to prosper. No, this is what I see prosperity. But everything we know, my flesh, I don't want to prosper in my flesh. I did that for long enough, church. I tried that for long enough, and I didn't prosper. Everything that I thought was prospering turned into nothing but Death or sadness or destruction. Everything I did outside of God, outside of the church, and in my flesh, it led to nothing but sadness. We see so many, uh, whatever you want to call it, famous people, actors, athletes, actresses, performers, always in the news. Why are they constantly having destruction in their lives? Why are they constantly drug addictions, alcoholisms, abuses of whatever it may be, spouses, one another, divorces, There's never going to be anything that this flesh or this world can offer us that will prosper and have a fullness at the end of it, other than the church, other than the word of God. So let's look also at Daniel 6 and 28, if you can pull that up for me. And we're going to see how Daniel was blessed. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Daniel prospered. During this time of captivity that Israel was in captivity, it says that Daniel still prospered. So I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I'm in captivity in this world and in this country. Amen? Does anybody else feel that? I know that there's plenty of times, like I said, when I'm watching the news or I'm going about my business and I hear what people are talking about. It doesn't align with what we talk about in here, does it? I know just yesterday at work, I went into one of the branches. I work at a bank, and I covered several branches and went in, walked into the office where three of the guys were talking. Instantly, they were like, well, this is a non-HR room, joking, because what they were talking about and the things that they were talking about were filthy. It wasn't anything that I wanted any part of. So I quickly found myself, having to, and they see it, they know, because I'm not laughing, I'm not partaking, so I quickly have to take myself out of that situation. And pray, Lord, that they feel your light in me. Pray, Lord, that they see something in me. I, I, I mean, I can say something. I can, I can criticize. I can say some things. But when you go too far with that, that's when the, the stigma comes up of, of, you know, being hypocrites and these things. And, and that's why sometimes you have to be careful with how you handle that and guide your way through that. But we should absolutely not partake in those conversations, not partake in this world and speak the truth and say, I'm not going to partake in that you know how I feel about those things. Take my stand and excuse myself. But Daniel, how did he feel? We know how he felt when he was thrown into the lion's den, when he was told not to pray. He prayed. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to be distraught, and I'm not going to be downtrodden when it says Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. At this time when Israel was in captivity, Daniel still prospered. And let's look at the New Testament and, and, and see what God's doing with the church today in Acts chapter 9, verse 31. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. Multiplied, They were prospering. So the church was prospering and being multiplied. And then Acts 16 and 5, if you can get that for me. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased by number daily. Amen. That's what I want to see happen today. So that's what happens when we are a part of the church. That's what happens when we are committed and saying, I am bought into the church. I am am fully invested in the church. I'm going to do whatever I can do and, and, and be a part of this and help it grow and help it prosper. And by doing that, like I said, I'm going to feel the effects of that. I'm going to be blessed by doing that. We're all going to be blessed by doing that and see our lives prosper. Like I said, I don't know what it's going to look like, but you're going to prosper in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. So the church is going to prosper, and we are going to prosper. And the two things that I kind of want to talk about with doing that is obedience first. And that word itself, as soon as you say that, I don't know about you, but even when a guy was speaking to me about this and, and that word came to my mind, the flesh automatically clinches. I don't know if you feel that, but just that word alone. Our flesh automatically clinches. And part of that comes from what we read about, what we take, what we were born into with that disobedience from Adam from the start. So that's our nature immediately. So our flesh immediately reacts when it he hears the word obedience. It says, Whoa, whoa, I don't, I don't want to obey. What am I obeying? What am I being obedient to? We automatically have that rebellious thought or that fleshly rebellious response. And I can see, it looks like our teenagers are upstairs, but I remember being a teen. And if you're parents of a teen, I'm not there yet. But you you know, I remember challenging my parents many times. Why? I have no idea. It was just that that flesh, that born into thing that we had that's inside of us that makes us want to rebel and be disobedient. That we were born into, like it says. But only one man, Jesus Christ Christ could cleanse us of that and free us from that and help us get through that and prosper and be obedient to his word. And I know I look at my daughter, she's two years old now, but I would say it was going back to two months, three months. I have no idea when it was like, no, pulling her hand away or taking something out that I was trying to give her. Whatever it was, pushing the bottle out of her mouth, whatever it was, just that immediate instinct in us to say, ha, I don't want that. I'm going to rebel, and I'm going to be disobedient to what you're giving me. It's going to be good for me. She needed that milk for her health. She needed, needed that milk for growth. But yet, she if she didn't want it at that time, or it didn't taste good at that time, it was getting thrown out onto the floor. How many times am I going to pick it up? I don't know. But I'm going to keep giving it to her. I'm going to keep telling her, no, this is what you need. So, Our instincts to be disobedient, we have have to understand and recognize that. And and the enemy is certainly in disobedience. When we are disobedient or we are in sin, it's going to automatically bring that confusion into our lives. So we're going to have that conviction from God and that condemnation from the enemy. And then that condemnation, the enemy is also going to bring on that confusion. And he is the author of confusion and going to try and distract us and help us to misunderstand what God's trying to do. That conviction is just his way, God's way of saying, no, I have something better for you. You may not see it now. You may not even understand why right now I'm putting you through this. You may not even understand why right now you're going through this financial difficulty, but I do. I understand where I'm taking you. And if you're obedient to me, you're going to prosper. And you're going to prosper with the church so the the church can prosper. I remember getting back into church And going through a lot of financial troubles, the enemy came at me extremely hard when I first came back to the Lord and in church. And a lot of financial struggles were happening. And there was a job that was available to me that I knew, and I had actually had that job before and left it. And I knew that the income was very good, that if I got this job, all the things that I had gotten myself into were going to be taken care of with this new income and get myself out of a lot of these troubles. So I, I knew the, 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 the general manager there still, um, called her and said, hey, you know, I'm thinking about coming back, this and that. And she said it was a very, not a very good response. She said, well, send me my resume, maybe I'll call you. And I was like, wow, we had a pretty good relationship. So I thought, Okay this is going to you know i'm going to send it in god i'm serving you again i'm back in church you're going to take care of this i know you've got this thank you lord so i was positive my faith was high i was feeling good about it saying okay it's going to work out thank the lord not a phone call nothing so i'm working two jobs just trying to trying to make it and but I was at the church every time the doors were open. I was still making sure I was at the church. And later on, I realized, you know what? If he had given me that job at that time and repaired all of that at that time, would I have learned everything that I needed to learn? Would I have grown as much as he wanted me to grow? I know for a fact I would not have because I saw the growth that I went through all through those struggles and said, no, if I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't be where I'm at today in you, Lord. I wouldn't have what you've done for me spiritually, the growth that you've given me spiritually today, if you had done that for me. If you had just planted me back into that situation, what would have happened? Would I have fallen back? I I don't know. I don't even want to know, but he knows. And he knew what he was doing and protected me from that situation. And I grew spiritually through that struggle and through that trial. I was growing spiritually. And in that case, Helping the church prosper, helping me, to, helping me to prosper, and slowly but surely, he replaced those things. In his time, he did that. In his time, and it was that obedience and saying. and I remember sitting in my car because a flat tire just happened. It was crazy. Stuff was going busting loose everywhere. I was like, "What is going on? This is insane, sitting in my car and screaming at the top of my lungs, "I' am not going to quit." I'm not going to quit. Satan, you hear me? God, you hear me. I am not going to quit this time. I'm staying with this. And amen. He kept providing. He kept providing away. And you know what? Somebody came up to me at the church a week later, less than a week later, whatever it was, I think in a Wednesday night service. Gave me a, an envelope full of money and said, I don't know who that's from, but you, uh, I was told to give it to you. And you know what? It was enough to get me through until that next paycheck. God will provide for us, church. Hallelujah. He wants us to prosper. Amen. He wants us to prosper. He's not up there saying, oh, I want you to be downtrodden. And, And saints, there's too many of us, too many times we come in and we sit in the pew, we sit in the seats and we go back out to work in our lives. We go into our workplaces Mondays and nobody knows we're a Christian because we look as miserable as the rest of the world. And I get it. I'm not pointing any fingers. I I know. I understand it. That's what the enemy wants us to do. He wants to trick us and bring on all these conflicts and trials into our life and get us distracted, get us looking at those things, instead of our eye on this word of God that says, no, you are going to prosper because my church is going to prosper. And I'll say it again, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So we will prosper. And I want to look back still at uh, uh, obedience again and and just continue to look at this in Isaiah 1, 19 and 20 and and just look at that briefly again and, and just see how Obedience is part of of what we are supposed to do. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken. Amen. If you can go back to 19 again real quick. That shows me. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat good of the land. You will prosper. You will eat well. You will be provided for. Amen. 1 Peter 1. 14 and 15. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Amen. And that goes back to what I was talking about, about staying and abstaining from those conversations. Being obedient to the word of God and everything we do. This isn't something we just come in here on on Sunday and Wednesday, and the rest of the time, you know, we're fighting to to get back here to the next service so we can get refilled again. You know, there's a song by Casting Crowns Between the Altar and the Door. How many of us come up to this altar, get blessed, have a move of God by the time we hit the door or in our car, we're already arguing or mad at somebody on the road that cut us off. Hey, we've all been there. But it's, it's continuing that in that obedience. And in Romans, uh, we actually read that, Acts 6 and 7. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of priests were obedient in the faith. And the word of God increased it was multiplied, it increased, it profited, it prospered, and great company of, other, of priests were obedient to the faith. So we think sometimes when we, when we look at, at the New Testament, we look at what the church was doing, that there was only a few of them. But it says 3,000, but it was also a lot of the Pharisees that we sometimes don't talk about that were believing and obedient to this faith. But they were afraid of the world and of the culture that was out there. They didn't want to stand up for it. They didn't do what they weren't obedient in the end. They didn't stand up for it and, and, and stay with Jesus. They wanted to be a part of that culture and a part of what the Pharisees were talking about and say, you know what, this world, this man, this this, this life that we're living, I'm gonna be more in that than I am into the church. So when it's all said and done, when I go into the workplace. I'm going to partake in those things, and I'm going to go to happy hour, and I'm going to partake in that life more so than I am the church. That was the decision, essentially, that made if if we're looking at us today. No, I want to stay in the church. I want to be obedient to the church and to Christ and to his word and continue to move in that direction and prosper where he wants me to prosper. Amen? And lastly, I just want to talk about unity for a few minutes, and this is where we'll get into uh, a decent amount of scripture, but uh, a unified church, amen. A unified church is what, is, is what God, and there's so much scripture that I could have actually done more tonight. But I, I, there was a few parts that, that God really showed me that stuck out. And, and that's what he's calling us to be also is unified. If we want to see this church and his church prosper, the body of Christ There is so much evidence in this word that talks about that. Let's look at Ephesians 4 and 1, and I'm going to go all the way to verse 16. And it starts, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit of the bond of peace, the unity of Unity. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called, one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But until every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ, wherefore he saith, When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. And gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive." But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him, until in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. That talks a lot about unity, and that talks a lot about the body of Christ. I think too often we get caught up in, well, what's my part? I just come to church and and what do I do? But it talks about. All these different offices of what Christ has, has given the church. We all play a part in the prospering of the church. Every single one of us. We have positions here in this building and in a congregation, but we're all to do all of those things. When we go out into our life, that's what we're called to do in the body of Christ. That's what we're called to do by being his people to prosper the church, is to take those things out in the world. Be a teacher in your workplace in your home. Praise God. Be a a pastor of your home. Amen. Prophesy, Speak to this world because it has nothing else. Like I said, we are at odds against this world. If we're not doing those things, then nobody's doing it. All they're seeing is these entertainers and this stuff that you can't even watch. I mean, I remember growing up in church and Bishop Buller saying, shouldn't have those TV's. And I was like, oh, you know, what's so wrong with it? But I'll tell you what, I believe it now. I I see it now. You can't, there's nothing, nothing good that this world is offering to us. And we're susceptible to it. We're susceptible to this culture. And if that's what we're going to entertain and that's what we're going to be, that's where we're going to fall. But I want to be part of this body. I want to be part of what Christ is doing. So we have to understand and know it's not just the pastor. You know, we look at, at the children of Israel, and that's what they had. They didn't want to go up to the mountain. They, didn't, they were afraid to go up onto the mountain and, and talk to God and see God in person. So Moses had to do it. And, and when he came down, they had built uh, this golden calf. And you know what? They were just doing what they knew. That was what they knew. They had been in Egypt for hundreds of years, generation after generation. I, I don't know beyond my great-grandparents, I believe. So if you're talking hundreds of years, all of that had been lost. So they were building a calf, a golden calf. That's what they knew. But Moses had to say, no, be obedient. This is how we, is how we prosper the church. This is how we move the church forward. And, and we can't just rely on pastor every Sunday morning and, and Wednesday night. If that's what we rely on, what are we going to get ourselves into Monday, Tuesday? We're going to go home and we're going to build a calf uh, of the altar of the NFL, whatever it may be. I, I know even last week, uh, a couple of the brothers had to to correct me Saturday morning at prayer this past weekend. I, I talked about something that was very heavy on my heart. And, and then just jokingly, I said, a- and pray for Ohio State today. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, and, and they said, oh, what happened there? Where'd that come from? And it just made me think, you know, yeah, I, I care. It's entertainment and it's good, but That's not what I need to be focused on. That's not what God wants me focused on. It's his word. And it's being any one of these positions or offices that God wants me to be in so I can prosper it. Today it may be one thing, tomorrow it may be another. We all have to be understanding and be in his word and in him. And not relying on pastor like the Israelites did Moses. But saying, I'm going to come and I'm going to get fed by my pastor. But I'm going to seek you, Lord. I'm going to seek this word. And I'm going to be a part of the body wherever you want to fit me in. So Monday morning, Tuesday morning, whatever it may be, when I'm put in a position where I have to speak something about you, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to join the conversation they're having. I'm going to speak some light into that room and into that situation. And I think lastly, I just want to look at one more scripture here, John Uh, Chapter 17, verses 20 and 23. Now this is Jesus speaking and he's praying for the church. And he says, neither I pray for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That they all may be one, as as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. I think that is an absolute commandment for us to be one, for us to be unified, for us to be together in his word and in this body and in this church. He's calling it out. He's telling us, I'm going to prosper my church with or without you, and I want to be a part of that. And to do that, and there are other things that God put on my heart, and maybe that would be for another time, prayer and love. And I think that the unity is part of love. But I think obedience and unity are two of the things that we have to look at tonight and say, those are things that are going to be a part of the church prospering, and me prospering with it. Me saying, yes, I'm on board, and I'm not going to look at, at where I want to go and where I may want feel like I need to be, but I'm going to stay right here until you move me in that next direction, Lord. And, and my the last job that I had left, it was, uh, I think I've talked about it before, it wasn't a great situation and I, I was looking for a way out and I kept thinking, Lord, please, you know, open up a, a, a new opportunity, a better opportunity. I kept praying for that and waiting on that and thinking on that. And and finally, you know, the Lord just said, be still, be content and be still with where you're at. I do have a plan for you. I am going to prosper you and I am going to take you to another place. And I said, well, I'll do that, Lord. I'm going to stay right here and be still, but show me or help me to understand what it is. But I'm going to stay right here until you do. I'm not going to look for it anymore. I'm just going to stay right here. And it was next to a UDF. And I remember walking over there to get a fountain drink or, or something, one probably around 10 or 11 in the morning. And a guy was in there that when I had spoke at City Gospel one, one, one time about a year before that, he was there. He was homeless. Went up, started talking to him. He started speaking in tongues. He had grown up in in greater Emmanuel, had been away from God for a long time, was a drug addict, homeless, all these things. And and he started speaking in tongues right there, started to really change his life. We actually, a few of us got together, put some money together and got him an apartment, kind of got him off the street. And I had lost contact with him, hadn't seen him since until then. And he was walking out with a uh, 40-ounce of beer or something like that in a bag. And he didn't even really notice me. He looked at me, and I said, hey, God's got something better for you. Stopped him dead in his tracks. And he said, how do you know that? So we started talking. He learned who I was. It kind of came back to him. So we started talking for the next probably three weeks to a month, and he started to get cleaned back up again, uh, talking about going to church. But I was witnessing to him that whole time. All of a sudden there out of nowhere, uh, somebody called me and said, hey, I've got this incredible job opportunity for you. And the next thing you know, I took it and, and was gone. And I told him he was disappointed. And I said, well, I'll stay in contact with you. Again, lost contact with him. His number seems to change every week. So um, unless he calls me, I kind of lose track of him. But the point is being obedient and just saying, Lord, I'm going to be still. I'm just going to wait here. And my prosperity that I'm thinking is different than what yours is right now. I'm looking at greener pastures and thinking, I need this job making this much so we can do this to provide for my family. Meanwhile, he's thinking, haven't I done this for you already? Don't you know I put the scripture, seek ye first the kingdom of God and my righteousness and all these things will be added on your heart years ago for you to live by. But it's so easy to get distracted on what we may desire and what we may want. But we have to remember that the church is prospering. It is going to continue to prosper. And if I'm in that, like the scriptures that we read, I'm going to prosper too. Amen? And I think the final thing that God put on my heart that I just want to talk about or say, and it's brief, is we have such an amazing congregation. Such an amazing, loving church. We truly do. And anybody that comes here for the first time will tell you that. And I believe it. I I, I mean, I love everyone here. I think about you often. You're in my prayers daily. and, And I see faces throughout my prayers. Everyone comes to me, or faces come to me, and names. So I know that we have such a loving church. And I don't say this to point fingers because it's not. It's the nature of our lives right now with as busy as we are. But we need to be more unified, church. We as this body, this congregation right here, I'm not talking about the church as a whole, the whole body of Christ, but I'm talking about this congregation can be more unified. And with our schedules, I know how hard it is. I would encourage you to go to men's prayer, to go to ladies' prayer, to do whatever you can, make time to be a part of something and to get unified with people because I can tell you there is a special bond with the men of men's prayer. I know that those guys, if I called them at any time, any given time, they would be there for me and pray for me. And I would do the same for them. And I load ladies' prayers seeing the same things. Whatever it may be, when the doors are open, be involved because, again, outside of here, If you're not in another congregation or another church that's teaching the truth and the word of God, you're getting the world. So this is where I want to be, and I I want to see us unified. I want to see us prospering with the church, and I know it's going to happen because of what God's done. Like I said, we saw two churches dwindling, but we bought them because of what God wants to do with this church and with the love that he has given us. Thank God over years and years of this church, it's been cultivated, and God has put his hand on it, and now we're seeing what he's getting ready to do. And if we're loving like we already are, full of love like we are, and unified, praise God. He's going to take us and show this city what true love and true unity and what the word of God is. We can, we can be a light and are a light to this city and let him... And let people see what true love is and what unity is instead of seeing what the news wants to show us every day is division and divisiveness and people against one another. That's not the body of Christ. The body of Christ is unified. And it's obedient. And it prospers with him. And we're finishing kind of early, so... I want to take advantage of this time and kind of get us out of our comfort zone. And I do want to ask us to come up and pray together. I really do, because I think that's the beginning of unity. I think we need to pray with one another up here. I'm going to ask you to come up, please, for me. And I want to pray us to pray together tonight. And if you feel led to lay hands on or grab someone's hand of somebody that you generally don't even know or don't pray with, please do it. Be obedient to the Spirit of God tonight. And say, I'm going to pray with this person. And I know it's breaking us out of our comfort zone. Believe me, if I was sitting out there right now, I would probably be saying, okay. But church, we got to be unified. We already have love for one another. And as this world gets more and more crazy, and as it gets to be more and more destroyed, it's going to be harder and harder for us to stay unified because the enemy is going to be pulling us apart. And it's going to take us to be unified to say, I'm going to stand with my brother and my sister in Christ. I'm going to stand with each and every one of these people that I've grown close to and that I believe in. So let's pray together. Please, church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I thank you, Jesus, for your presence. I thank you for your word, Lord God. Lord, I thank you for your word. Hallelujah. Your instruction, Lord Jesus, to get us through, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for giving us unity, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Help us to love and be united with one another, Lord God. In Jesus' name, help us to stand one with another with our brother and our sister, Lord God. Together we stand, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. To stand for one another, to fill in the gap for one another, Lord Jesus. When the other one is weak, Lord God, help us to be strong, Lord God. Help us to be strong for this city, Lord God, that's being divided, for this country that's being divided. Help us to be a part of your church that is going to prosper, Lord God. In Jesus' name, you are prospering, Father. Your church is moving forward. Your church is prospering forever, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, to stand with one another, Jesus. Hallelujah. In unity, Lord God. And Jesus' name, move on us right now. Hallelujah. Bring us together, Jesus. Lord, we need you. I need you. Lord, I need my brothers and sisters. I need my friends. I need the people of you, Lord Jesus. I need your people, your Holy Ghost-filled saints, Lord God. I need them in my life. Help us to encourage one another, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Help us, Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Give, give us the heart of Barnabas, Lord God. So you Help us, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Give myself Jesus, away. hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, hallelujah. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Oh, oh, oh. I give myself away <laughs> So <laughs> you can Jesus. use me I give myself